You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic of Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Green and El Salvador, too, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras, Guyana, and Sil, Guatemala, Bolivia, then Argentina, and Ecuador, Chile, Brazil, Costa Rica, Belize, Nicaragua, Bermuda, Bahamas, Tobago, San Juan, Paraguay, Uruguay, Suriname, French Guiana, Barbados, and Guam. Norway, Sweden, and Iceland, and Finland, and Germany, now in one piece, Poland, Romania, Scotland, Albania, Ireland, Russia, Oman, Oh my gosh! Uh, yep, you yep. lost it. Yep, <laughs> I lost it. Good night. That was that was a good try. Good night, everybody. That was your one of us review for Animaniacs. Hey guys, I'm Nathan, and if you can't tell, I really like the show Animaniacs, and I think I'm joined by a bunch of people who also love the show. To the right of me, if you're looking at our video recording, which you should because you should be paying us money, is Mike. Wait, right? Sorry. <laughs> this is um, yes i am here yeah you, you flip the room it's like the willy Wonka <laughs> set marco down there howdy and then i have princess angelina contessa louise uh francesca banana fana bo besca the third or rose for short you call me rosie and you die <laughs> so guys it's been a while, not since I've talked to any of you because I talked to you guys earlier today, but it's been a while since Animaniacs has been on the air. Yes. It's one of the defining, like, shows that define my personality. Me and Rose were talking about this, and we were sort of talking about, like, Archer defining our language on the Archer Review. This definitely helped define my comedy along with uh, Looney Tunes, and I've never been nearly as witty or smart as any of them, so there, there we go. But Mike, <laughs> they did do meta first. They did do meta first. I, I don't care what the trolls say. So passe. Mike, doing it right this time. When did you first uh, get equated with uh, Animaniacs? Well, I was I was a kid, like most people were when Animaniacs came out, and I was obsessed with Yakko Warner. Just absolutely fucking obsessed with him. I tried to be like witty like him kind of thing as I was growing up. Uh, my mom blames the way I talk on two specific things, Bugs Bunny and Yakko Warner, <laughs> kind of thing. And so, yeah, over the years, you know, like, I just loved him to death. And then Animaniacs just, it was one of those, it was one of those Steven Spielberg shows that stands this test of time probably better than any of the others. In, uh, I think, entirely. Like, I love Freakazoid, but damn. What about young Indiana Jones, man? <laughs> <laughs> it's got, uh, it's got the guy who was in, um... Uh, what the hell is that movie? Um, 
the, the one with Norman Reedus. What was that guy's? Blue Knox Saints. Blue Knox Saints. Yeah, one of the guys, one of those guys was in the Young Indiana Jones. Fun fact that is completely apropos of nothing. Uh, my friend knew that I liked Boondock Saints. I didn't love Boondock Saints and bought me a poster of it. And I was like, oh, this is great. If I put it up in my room, I'm going to look like a Columbine shooter. So I'm not going to put it up. But <laughs> thank you for the thought. Uh, Marco. I probably wasn't as big into Animaniacs as uh, you or Mike, but it's definitely up there. Uh, I was probably a little bit more partial to of uh spielberg's cartoon projects tiny tunes i like that one a little bit more but (laughs) um it was still up there and i'm glad i signed on to this review because uh honestly kids reboots but uh rocco invader zim and now this they're just killing it there's not a bad one yet i haven't watched any of those reboots there's one reboot that i can point at that's bad but that was even before some of the ones we have now rose when were you first acquainted with the Animaniacs? Uh, all the way back when it was on Fox Kids a thousand years ago, before it was even on Kids WB, and I, yeah, I loved it just as much as the other ones. I think I probably saw Tiny Toons first, because I think they aired about the same time, but I have earlier memories of Tiny Toons, but yeah, once Animaniacs came into my consciousness, that was absolutely one of my favorite shows as a kid, and I just, I still love it today. It still holds up as an adult. <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally. I was trying to binge the entire show before uh, the revival, and it that just became an impossible task because I'm a busy person. But I probably still will because I'm going to have withdrawals because of this new <laughs> batch of episodes. So we don't have the same team as far as Tom Ruger being in the room. We have a couple writers who are mainly known for doing, like, Family Guy and stuff like that. We got the animators of Green Eggs and Ham, which was uh one of my most pleasant stone discoveries like i was so baked and i was just like wait michael douglas is in a green eggs and ham cartoon and it was like painstakingly animated and this show is just gorgeous as far as its animation like the way how it manages to change styles but i don't know as a whole you can tell i'm mostly on the positive but i'm gonna go over to mike how'd you feel about this reboot I thought it was great. I thought it was, it was the writing on it was way more solid than you expect when you hear comes from the people of Family Guy. Yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, the, oh yeah. The voice cast is amazing for one. Like they they're still they still have it. Like they're like a lot of older shows you watch and the people their voices have aged a lot. They I never really got that from these from this cast in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. The only issue like the only small issue I had was that the coloring of the animation was a little weird. Yeah. Like, and it took a lot of getting used to. And there isn't, like, shadows for where they're stepping the way they would in the original one. But other than that, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I went back and watched some of the original as well once I had gotten a little bit of this going. And, yeah, even in the original, there were just minimal shadows and stuff on people's backs and faces and whatnot that's just non-existent in this one. And it does kind of take you out of it. and makes it look a little cheap, at times, but it's not so distracting that it, like, ruins the show. Yeah, totally. Marco, how did you feel about it? I loved it a lot. I do... I did kind of... Uh, I've watched it twice since it aired on Sunday. Uh, Friday. Whoa! Yeah. Well, I, I work from home, so it was just on in the background. But it was just, like, I picked up on stuff the second time that I didn't see the first one. So, in general, I really love conversational humor, so Wacko's lines, perfect for the most part. Uh, 
I didn't even pick up on some of the political stuff that people were talking about until the second rewatch, even though it's really thick for the most part. <laughs> That's pretty thick on some of it. Yeah, I it just went over my head. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I was literally taking it as face. Because you love bunnies. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's literally the the one I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we should get into the political stuff because I feel like everybody's like, "Fuck, I'm sick of politics." Biden already won. The show's getting political. The show was part of a good victory lap for me. I don't know, like, because I didn't expect it to. Well, first of all, the way that it's end, where it's like we don't know who the winner of the presidency is, and it's like neither did we for a good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Like yeah. if if this had aired a few just a few days before, we would be like, yeah, us either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't find. I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, why are you putting your politics in my Animaniacs? And it's definitely a lot more political than the original run was. <laughs> But there was the original still... one is also really thick with it. It's just yeah. we didn't know. Like we didn't know the politics of the time. Exactly. And I never felt like the show seemed to be too unfair on one side. I mean, it clearly does not like Russia. <laughs> that's uh that's for fucking sure. Also, fucking shout out to Noho Hank getting to be Putin. Oh my that gosh, was he was Putin? Great. Yeah, he was Putin. Oh for my that god. One line. Oh, that, that makes was, me so happy. Um, what is it, Anthony Kerrigan, I think is his name? Yeah, because I heard the voice, and I'm like, that's fucking Noho Hang. That has to be. And so I paused the credits, and I was, sure enough, yeah, it was him. But even their political satire moments with, you know, full-on parodies of Trump and parodies of Fox News, they're all very sharp. They don't feel like the same jokes I've heard year after year after year. And they know how to, like, just throw it at you and then jump out of it immediately, mm-hmm. like Animaniacs yeah. does so well. It does enough to get you a chuckle but it it's not like all about that which i respect it i i know a lot of people have been like oh well this isn't funny anymore because it completely contradicts my political ideology and it's just like okay cool uh they they call you out too they call out fucking everybody seth meyers zach snyder oh my god they're so mean to seth meyers (laughs) like it what they do like how they parody him they're not wrong, but at the same time, I was like, damn, you have to do my man like that? Jesus. And that was him, too, though, wasn't it? No, it wasn't, but it sounded a lot like him. Yeah. I mean, me being the uh, the podcaster who uh, covers a certain spy franchise, uh, Tom Cruise really got fucking under fire in that one moment. That was a great guy. Oh, it was so great. Um, And one of the big things about Animaniacs that is sort of missing here except for one episode is the wide array of cast of characters were you guys missing them yeah uh i was in a weird camp where i liked the side characters more like slappy the squirrel was probably my favorite slappy the squirrel i really missed i mean i kind of like that they went with it with the explanation i mean they did pull back because it's a kid's show but for the little bit, it's like, where are all our friends? And then it pans, and you're like, oh. That was one of the darkest things I ever expected from the show. I was like, what? I'm glad that it showed the, the reality of the situation at the end. No spoilers, but it's just like, yeah, the whole time leading up to that, I was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this show goes some places. Even the cute episode 
<laughs> per se <laughs> was so rough at times. <laughs> well, they're, they're skipped to three months ahead or whatever, and they're just rocking back and forth, and the sounds all. Distorted. I've got a rainbow covered gumdrop where there used to be my brain. <laughs> what if? What if? Yeah, no, it's so fucking great. And my god, like, yeah, w- the lack of characters you feel one hundred percent. And I like that they, I like that there is an episode that mentions it. The fact that even like Yakko was like, wasn't there a bunch of people here, <laughs> kind of thing? Yeah. I feel like we're out of ideas. Where are our friends to help us? And the other weird part was that like none of the like or not none, but like a lot of the original cast. I think Ralph is the only one that's really used mm-hmm. the most. And yeah. Doctor Scratch and stuff shows up at the very end. I, I was weirded out by that the most, that it's like he is, that's like Elmer Fudd not showing up in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's like, why? I, I have to wonder if that was for maybe budgetary reasons or something. They really wanted to test the waters and see if this was received well or whatnot. And if it was, then they would bring all the old cast back and everything. But it was probably a lot easier to animate just the same five characters over and over. I know they wrote like the first two seasons because it immediately got greenlit for the first two seasons right away. Yeah. So they might just be like testing the waters on rebooting it, seeing the reaction and then, you know going back in uh beyond that you know pinky and the brain we obviously have to mention how'd you guys feel about their segments on the whole i didn't like them as much as the animaniacs like it's just i don't i know i'm sorry but it's just like because of the way the animaniac is set up it's more my kind of humor where it's conversational yeah uh, obviously pinky and the brain isn't set up that way and i just feel like a couple of the plot points of their 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 stories weren't just as funny as the animaniacs like for sure i rewatched the dragon episode and i was like this is okay i mostly agree with you there marco like i i've always liked pinky in the brain but i haven't loved them i love more conversational humor i love just you know i mean just things you can fucking quote right off the top of your head because those stick with you more um pinky in the brain though i felt like I don't know, some of their segments were more hit or miss for me, but mostly they were hits. I could see that, yeah, because I love Pinky. I've always really liked Pinky in the Brain. Um, my issue was that the plans were kind of weird, or weren't as, like, I was I was expecting more from some of their plans. Yeah. In the original one, a lot of his plans just went so out there and so eccentric. And there was, like, a couple of them that were like that. Like, I was a big fan of the um, the McCarthy-era make-fun one. That one we thought was fantastic. Is, is that the closest he's ever gotten to actually working? Like that one and the the, the first one, which was the, the brain control. I don't remember their plans actually working to like 95%. They almost... No, he, he actually got a quite a few to the get Christmas really close. The Christmas one I think came my, close. Yeah, the Christmas one's a good example. My favorite example is when he goes on the game show. And, <laughs> and he fucking like... He, he does like the last answer is something that Pinky would know. And he's just like, oh, my God, I have no idea. <laughs> and it's a make fun of an old Honeymooners episode, too, which mm-hmm. is the other thing that's amazing about that part. <laughs> and but and there are other stuff that, like, you know, being in the brain is so fucking amazing when it when it can be. And there's and the ones that were in here are like, yeah, they were very hit and miss. Like, I thought the president one was kind of mean yeah. with, with what happens with. Are you talking about the Flotus one? Yeah, yeah, the flowest one. Yeah, I thought that one was just like, what the fuck. I I liked that, and I thought I knew where it was going until it hit that really kind of dark, awful point, and I was just like, mm, I don't think I can get behind this anymore. How that gets uh, picked up 
later because it definitely will be. Um, to talk about some of the more newer segments, though, and I'm going to go through them because there's only really four new segments that are completely kind of original to the show. Uh, one of them is Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> it was so good because it was just like it was it's it's the it reminded me of being in my math class and seeing one of these and then picturing just the weirdest fucking thing mm-hmm. in my head and that's exactly what it was and it was so beautiful because of it i hope that stays around as a regular fixture because that was one of the best ones that they've had so fucking funny um and then the next one that I have is things that go bump in the night. I don't know if that has a lot of replay value because it is kind of just one joke over and over, but it was very clever the way it played out. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah I don't think it has a longevity, but it, it was well animated. I mean, this show, we just got to say, obviously, looks gorgeous at times. I mean, it's elevated itself far beyond what you were expecting with like, oh, are they going to capture the original animation? They managed to do a lot of original things in and of themselves on top of that. Next segment I have is the incredible gnome in people's mouths. That was so fucking weird. That was weird, but funny. I liked that it. Was straight, <laughs> that was like, so this, the whole time I was watching this, I was, because the, a lot of the humor is so adult based. I mean, it literally starts with uh, th- talking about Facebook and stuff like that, that I was like, man, this is a better family guy. Like for the most part, like it's adult swim content. That's somehow rated TVPG. And that was the one part that I'm like, this is a little super jail, and I'm not sure I'm down with this gnome. That's a good point. It is it's it is very super jail. And the only reason I laughed is because John DiMaggio is just funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, like every time he, he screams at anything, it's just like, man, I love you, John DiMaggio. I just wish this wasn't the thing that you were doing right now. Yeah. The, the whole sketch, it was just kind of like, eh, this is funny, I get it. But the one part that actually did make me laugh out loud was more of a visual gag at the end where he's running on his own two feet with the woman whose mouth he lives inside, essentially wearing her as a hat, and she's just, like, flapping in the breeze yeah. behind him. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was great. And last but not least, depending on who you talk to in this room, Cindy and Starbucks. I, th- I thought it was okay, but I thought the animation, that was the, where it looked the weakest, where I was like, this looks like outlines. Yeah, they, they, they shifted art lines a little bit. It looked like a, a watercolor children's book come to life. I didn't dislike it, but I'm just kind of confused as to why they went with that. I'm in the Rose camp and maybe even more to where I really loved it. I really loved the animation switch. I just love the idea that all these aliens are just waiting for the time to invade. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It felt like uh, a take on, uh, oh my gosh, what is that one skit? Uh, the, Amira? The, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, it felt like a take on... Elmira and Mindy from the original. Exactly. Yeah, but, I see that. But it didn't feel as mean-spirited as those, like to where I'm just like, you know, with the fucking buttons. Well, I'm just like, God, like, this dog is just trying to do right by you. Why are you just ruining his life? I thought it was fine, but, like, I it was, I like the fact that it was, yeah, they they clearly recorded a little girl. Mm-hmm. Like, they probably followed her around. And then they animated a segment around her. And I, I did think that was a lot of fun because of it. But overall, I was, like, I was expecting a little more from it, I, guess, I think. But maybe if they keep doing more of them, I'm sure I'll like it more yeah. and more. As it yeah, well, I think that's the weakness why I didn't like it, because it was so short. It was like 30 seconds. Like, I felt like it was in, out, done. Moving on to final thoughts, I'm going to start with you, Mike. 
it was great. Like I loved every moment of it. Like I said, the animation, the color, the colors more than anything were the hardest thing to get past because it wasn't as bright. Um, I did enjoy the um, the very pro feminism route it was taking more and more to the point where they changed Dot's thing in the intro from being cute to having wit. And I thought that was great. Did you hear when they and mentioned it again? <laughs> no, actually. They had uh, the the phone news playing in the background it was like they changed it from she's cute to wit this is the feminist agenda oh i didn't even notice that (laughs) that was one of those where i just died but yeah the show the show was so great at what it did like there's some there's some segments that you know don't work as well but there's so many gags within those segments that are just so fucking funny like the hercule perot one like it's a murder (laughs) on the orient express gag and like it like sure it, it didn't work as mostly the same but there's so many gags that happen in it that just had me dying, where he's just like, oh, I went to take a bath. And he's like, oh, and then nobody saw you? No, everybody saw me. And then it cuts <laughs> to what he was doing. And you're like, oh, my God. And you're just, and there's so many gags. And I love how constantly they'll do something so close to being, like, super adult. And then Yako would just be like, stop. This is a kid show. <clears throat> and, like, and I, <laughs> I couldn't stop cracking up. Like, the the one with the, in that, that same episode where the, the guy gets the M's wrong. And he's like, oh, that's not what he was going to say. He's like, wacko. This is a kid show. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a murder in a kid show? <laughs> exactly. Like, I love every moment of the show. I want more of it. Uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger new side character <laughs> guy was just so funny. The fact that they made fun of Zack Snyder as hard as they did uh, made me just fall in love with the show. They're like, this is where they filmed Batman. Yay! Versus Superman. Oh. That had me dying. And oh, I was just man. like, I love you, show. You get me 100%. And then so... Yeah, if I had to give it anything, man, I would give it nine out of ten times. I sang the theme song every chance I got throughout watching these. Uh, moving from Mitchell, I mean more, I mean Mike, uh, over to Marco. So I, I really dug this. I'm glad I ended up, because I probably wouldn't watch the cartoon if I wasn't on this review, and I'm glad I did. Uh, the only weakness that I would say it kind of has is that it's a little front-loaded. The best episodes are the first five kind of thing for the most part but they're not bad it's just it starts off with a really good punch and it can't keep the speed but i'd still rate it nine out of ten gold medals and rosie um yeah this i feel like this absolutely knocked it out of the park i I was really kind of worried that it just it wouldn't get there because a lot of the times these things they don't they just don't have that same spark again or either they have too much of the same spark and they don't really update but this i think managed to strike a perfect balance between the old stuff and bringing it into the 21st century and i just i i almost wanted to do a drinking game where i took a shot for every time i went jesus christ out loud at something <laughs> that was dark or shocking or just in your face but again it's at that same level that it was back on the old show where it's just under the radar but if you know what they're talking about it's like holy shit (laughs) um loved it absolute hardcore recommend except maybe the halloween episode might be a little too scary for little kids um but i would give it nine references to obscure feminist literature out of ten um, maybe this is just me, but I completely disagree with Rose's last thought because I think all kids need to be scared by things. Show all of your children poltergeist. They need to see a ripped off face in the mirror. All that. My little sister, that is like her favorite movie. So, boom. Uh, beyond that, I really like this reboot of Animaniacs. 
Um, there's really not much of a switch in quality from the original. If anything, they find a lot of segments where they do more original works. I, while I was missing Slappy the Squirrel, I wasn't completely missing her. The Pinky and the Brain segments were mostly hit or miss, but it was only just based off of the strength of the oneer segments that come before it. It's like, after that point, it's like, what can you really do? But this was everything I wanted and then some. I would give this 9 out of 10 really, really fucking adult jokes about the internet in the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what is the internet used for mostly? I know, but I can't tell you. I don't think I could say it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it on the kid show. I, so I will actually also, on, the, on a side note, agree with Nate that I mean, there's a lot of great scary kids episodes. Gravity Falls and oh, yeah. Adventure Time. I'm down for it. Well, in Gravity Falls has a very similar gag, in my opinion. Like, cause the in Gravity Falls, the kids gets eaten by the um, the candy monster, and he's like, "I've been traumatized." And then that one kid in the Animaniacs one, like, he's like, "I saw heaven" or something like that. <laughs> And I was losing my mind when that happened because it's such a great gag. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as as a child of the 80s and 90s myself, of course, I'm always for, you know, kids watching slightly scary stuff. But just for really little kids, that one might kind of be on the borderline. Of I disagree. Scary. Show all of your children the gate. <laughs> <laughs>